This is the Let's Unpack That Podcast. I'm your host, Lyle Behrens. Thank you for tuning in to this bonus episode where we will unpack the Kwame Brown effect. And we're going to talk about J. Cole's new album and him playing basketball over in Africa. You didn't even have to join the Patreon for this. All I ask is that you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, stream my album, Couples Therapy, buy Couples Therapy on iTunes, buy it on Fridays on Bandcamp because they let uh, artists keep 100% of the revenue. So please do that. With that said, enjoy the episode. Let's go. So before we get deep into Kwame Brown and the play-by-play shit, let me start here. Kwame Brown is what happens when you hold your tongue and just keep working. Don't bother nobody, despite being a fucking punching bag. And prior to Kwame Brown's clapbacks, scrub athletes were the one thing we could all agree on. We can't all agree on politics. We can't all agree on sports, hypotheticals, hypothetical whatever all-time teams. We cannot all agree on the GOAT, but an athlete with a terrible stat line brings us all together. Shitting on them brings us all together. And that's accepted for the public because we have our regular-ass lives, and a Kwame Brown, a Smush Parker, can go to the Four Seasons Maui three times a year and not worry about bills the following month. And that's kind of like the unspoken social contract. Like, yeah, we can talk shit. Their life is great, whatever. It's our entertainment. So what woke Kwame Brown up? What made Kwame Brown fire at the Breakfast Club and all these other people? I think it was the fact guys in the fraternity were talking shit. I think it's the fact uh, a Stephen Jackson, a Gilbert Arenas, who had better careers than Kwame, but he did not respect them as men. Had They had his name in their mouth, which we'll get into later. They were talking shit, and he did not respect them as men. And I understand that as a comic. It's guys that do well on stage, have TV credits, well-liked by peers, but they some bitch-ass niggas. I see flaws in their manhood. And all it would take for me to, like, really go in and talk about it, and it's happened a few times, whether online or in person, all it takes is them hitting me on the right day when I got some other shit going on in my life. And I'm like, oh, no, you bitch-ass niggas? You bitch-ass niggas? That's all it takes. And Kwame Brown was Charlemagne and all that. It, it's a point where it will turn into, let's talk about life. Fuck the game. Fuck the music. Fuck the stats. Fuck the comparisons. And even fuck the money. Let's talk about life. I remember Complex, Complex Magazine, they dropped a top underachievers list in like 2014 or something like that and nip and nipsey hustle was on the list he took issue with it and they did like and then complex nip they did an interview and he basically said don't judge me by rapper standards judge me by 60th street standards 
And now we get into this with Kwame Brown saying, judge me by free lunch program standards. Don't judge me by LeVar Ball was my daddy standards. Don't judge me by I had a parent that can, that can afford shooting trainers since I was seven years old standards. And I do think that can work both ways. On one hand, I agree. I agree. Like with, with me and stand-up comedy, I'm like, don't judge me by comedians. Like, I do feel that. I have days where I do feel that. Like, I am nothing like these niggas over here. But that's a slippery slope. That is a slippery slope from a nigga that gets D's in school saying, don't compare me to the white and Asian kids getting A's. I know it's not the same thing. But I'm saying there is a slippery slope in saying, don't have the same expectations for me. You do others because I came up different. With that said, I can't stand a nigga to talk shit to me or anybody when they do not come from the same environment. You had two parents in the household the whole time. Don't talk to me about how I handle life. You've been with the same chick since you was like in seventh, eighth grade. Don't talk to me about no women. Don't talk to me about how I handle females. Don't talk to me about how these other niggas handle, handle females. You don't know shit about that. You've been with the same bitch since eighth grade, nigga. All your family lived in the city that you grew up in. Don't talk to me about how I carry things. You're not trying to fight them niggas too. Don't talk to me about how I went out. You hold the camera. And I can't see you holding the camera because I'm too busy using my hands. I'm too busy swinging. Don't talk to me about that. So it gets to a certain point where you're not with the bullshit. Don't talk to me. You No, you cannot talk about that. I do think basketball should be basketball. Entertainment should be entertainment. Rap can never be just rap because rap literally came from the streets. But shit should stay above water. In an ideal world, shit should not go past whatever happened on the court, on the stage. That being said, none of you knew, even the supporters, none of you knew who Kwame Brown was or what he thought or how he thinks. He was just a nigga with a 62K rating that was a frustrated Kobe Bryant and old Michael Jordan punching bag. He was a nigga where, like, we'd make memes, like, on this day, Kobe Bryant and uh, Kwame Brown combined for 72 points. Kobe had 63 points, and Kwame Brown had just like Smush Parker. Get the jokes off. You know, I've heard this thing that people that are not used to speaking out will often be extra harsh, extra angry, when they begin to start speaking out because they are not used to their voice being heard and it takes time to refine expressing yourself in a combative situation. And I remember hearing that and I'm like, that was definitely me to a T. <clears throat> when I got comfortable around 22, 23 years old, I was a little fucking asshole. But I had so many years of people I did not respect talking crazy, being disrespectful towards me, or just 
Or me just thinking they a fucking dumbass and mad at how confident they were saying bullshit like it's gold. And when I got comfortable talking and telling people about themselves when they crossed the line, I crossed some lines. And it was worth every fucking feeling I hurt. It was worth every fucking fight. I fucking loved it. Because now my peace is here. And I see Kwame Brown as a man fighting for his peace. And niggas is doing cartwheels over his clapbacks. That nigga said, ah, and making memes. That's cute shit. And I don't do cute shit. I'll let cute shit be in the corner away from me. But my perception, the public's reaction to a Kwame Brown, because we're going to have another Kwame Brown years down, like months or years down the road. Some nigga we never thought about is going to have a moment and da, 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 and we'll play with it for like 15 minutes and be done with it. But my reaction to a Kwame Brown is a mix of a few things. One, people just like messy. Calling Charlemagne a rapist, calling out Rachel Nichols for talking about Derrick Rose's rape case, which is kind of interesting, you know, but we're not going to get into all that. Calling Gilbert Arenas an ignorant nigga and all that. It's fun. Matt Barnes and the light-skinned nigga jokes. All that shit is garbage. And what do animals eat? They eat fucking garbage. And I'm past that, but I understand why, because it's like, and I'm not saying it's not true, but I'm just saying that shit is garbage. It was garbage with they, like, it's just, you guys are grown adults. You guys are all millionaires. It's garbage. The other thing is, it's also funny seeing an angry country as black man. That shit is just hilarious. The other thing I see, and this is in regards to the public, it's fun to see somebody stand up for themselves, especially a black man. Even if he is like a seven-foot millionaire, it's fun to see the underdog stand up for themselves. Remember that shit in Black Panther when T'Challa was getting his ass whooped by Killmonger? And his mom yells, let them know who you are. Let them know who you are. And the other thing is, People just want to be real niggas. So saying shit, I'd love to make $60 million and get my mama house being a bus, gives you real nigga got it out the mud points. And that's cap. Because you the same niggas will call Kevin Hart not funny. You're not really on some if you winning, then I'm rooting for you shit. You're not really on that. You are a consumer and it's shit you don't like. And that's okay. It's shit we don't like. I don't like James Harden's game. I don't like Chris Brown's music. I think Maggie Gyllenhaal is a terrible actress. I don't think Will Ferrell is funny. I just like sitcoms in general, all of them. I also think it's amazing all those people I mentioned make millions of dollars doing things I wish I could get paid half as much to do. I think it's impressive and I respect it. But we are consumers. Sports is entertainment. LeBron doing the shit with the baby powder is theatrics. Steph Curry with the mouth guard. Michael Jordan with his tongue out. All that shit is in it. There's a theatrical component to it. Even if niggas is just like, I'm just playing basketball. They still grew up watching Michael Jackson or Dave Chappelle or whoever the fuck they idolize. There is a performance aspect you get, especially with the best athletes. 
So a motherfucker can make the case for Kwame Brown being a terrible basketball player and still be a real man, especially if he got tickets to see Kwame Brown play. I don't like this capping for real niggas points. Niggas will praise Kwame Brown for what he came from and then go throw a rock at LeBron's bald spot. Like, really? Do you really support any black man? No, you don't. Shut the fuck up. I'm glad we covered all this up front. What I'm saying here is don't push a motherfucker you don't know, especially if you don't know what they're going through. Everybody is entitled to opinion. Keep it respectful and keep it thorough. Now let's go in. Let's coon. Let's have some fun. So Kwame Brown, Matt Barnes, Gilbert Arenas, Stephen Jackson. Let's get into that. And let me start this off by saying I really don't do the... This guy said this, and that guy said this, and here's a reaction video. I know there are people that are way more successful in this space to do that. That's just not me. I think it's corny. But I like having conversations about feuds of certain things when there is a bigger idea or a bigger concept attached to it. So to just give you a quick rundown, if you have not been paying attention, all the Smoke podcasts, they had Gilbert Arenas on, Stephen Jackson fires a shot at Kwame Brown and says, Matt Barnes said he was a top power forward of all time. And Matt's like, no, I did not say that. And Matt's laughing like, here this nigga go. Don't start, nigga. And Stephen Jackson is getting his jokes off. And then Gilbert Arenas, who, and both Stephen Jackson and Gilbert Arenas did play with Kwame Brown. <clears throat> and they start, and then Gilbert Arenas starts being like, just kind of like analytical and just very more, um, you know, this is just what it was with Kwame Brown. He didn't really get any. I mean, he's got that kind of Gilbert Arenas, like little goofy smirk going on, like like he's about to say some some shit. But no, but so they have a conversation about playing playing with Kwame Brown and what it was like, among other things, because it was like a two three hour podcast. But so then Kwame Brown gets on his his uh IG live, starts throwing. Matt Barnes under the bus and talking about Derek Fisher. And there's certain like celebrities where like you, it's almost kind of like that. Remember when you peed your pants at summer camp? Remember when you peed your pants in class? There's certain celebrities you can do that to. Like Matt Barnes, you go Derek Fisher, you know, with uh, Kanye West, you say Ray J. With Charlemagne, uh, you'd be like, uh, hey, Charlemagne the God, remember when them niggas tried to jump you and you ran? Like there are certain celebrities you can just say another celebrity's name or another thing that happened, and then it's just like ha, and then that's the the joke, and you know. So he starts talking about uh, he starts talking about Derek Fisher. Your life is a joke, and he starts talking. He starts talking about him being biracial and like, is it your black granddaddy that's mad or your white granddaddy that's mad? And you want to be a thug and smoke weed? It's it's really fucking funny. You know, niggas are like really upset when there's uh, when somebody's biracial and they start bringing up the fact they're biracial when it has nothing to do with whatever the fuck issue they have. <laughs> like it's like, oh, you angry, angry. So anyway, so that happened, and then Kwame Brown gets to gets to talking about playing uh, with with. Oh yeah, no. Then Matt Barnes puts out a video on Instagram, and he's like. You know, like I DM'd you to see like if I said something that offended you and you're really just mad that Stephen that uh Stephen Jackson says something 
and I tapped his knee or whatever, and I laughed, and you're mad about that. You need to be mad at Michael Jordan for picking you number one. And he says, he's like, yo, I can't, I reached out to you like a man. Then Stephen Jackson starts talking about playing with, he, he puts, he puts out like a long IG live thing. It was rich. Cause he's like smoking like a, I don't know if it's like a long weed vape pen. I mean, you know, rich niggas can get like weed technology that us regular folk can't get. So I don't know if it's a long weed vape pen or just a long cigarette thing or a hookah thing or he's smoking, he's smoking like a vape that's like really long and he's like, pause but he's, he's doing that and then he's he's like he's just talking to himself it's funny too because he had like an old country nigga moment with the technology he's like oh, are we ready to go now <laughs> like it was one of his nephews to set the shit up for him i'm not talking about basketball i'm talking about old niggas and technology anyways um so that happens and he starts talking about he's like stephen jackson you know, one minute you Black Lives Matter activist, the next you end the club with rags on and you want to be a gangbanger. And then he talking about Gilbert Arenas being an ignorant nigga. And that's why a white folk is always going to put a camera in his face. And this is going to happen. And Rachel Nichols is going to get you niggas to say some say some dumb shit and blah, blah, blah. And I think really it comes down to is he had the smoke for Steph because Stephen Jackson was the one that really, really. uh start of the shit so anyway so that's the basis of it and then Kwame Brown's putting out more videos and I'm sure there's going to be more responses and hopefully they do have them on the podcast but that's not why I bring this up not for a recap Kwame Brown he has been a punchline as Matt Barnes pointed out I do think what's different here is when somebody like Kobe would be like, I mean, come on, I've, who was I going to pass the ball to? Smush Parker, Kwame Brown. I think the difference is if you're Kwame Brown, it's like, well, that's Kobe. Five rings, 81, 20 years. All right, fuck it, whatever. Yeah, if I was better, we probably could have beat the Phoenix Suns, you know. But Stephen Jackson, Matt Barnes, Gilbert? I know you. I play. Oh, hell no. Like, it's just kind of like, yeah, Kobe can say shit, but you niggas, you niggas and you guys. And what uh, Kwame said was right. Like, you niggas are laughing and giggling and talking shit like these other niggas that ain't in our fraternity and you in our fucking fraternity and you violating shit about the fraternity. I get where he's coming from, because, I mean, when you think about how many active NBA players there are to give a moment it's only something like 425 or something like that on like an active 15 roster, not counting like the two-way players. So then when you think about in the long term, like how many guys have actually played in the NBA in the world, it's not that fucking many. It is legitimately a fraternity. So, so you know, I get it. So here's what I want to get into. Well, I want to get into two things. Is Kwame a bust? And should we criticize athletes like the way that we do? Because the argument against Kwame Brown being a bust is we take it to real life shit and we take it off basketball. And like Kwame made this argument for himself. And then along with other brothers and hoteps and so on and, and some real niggas are making the argument on his on his behalf that Kwame Brown 
is a kid from the hood that accomplished what a lot of us can only dream of. $63 million made playing in 12 seasons. Buying your mom a house on a golf course at 18 years old. These are facts. A lot of us would love to buy a house for our mom in a nice area. He fucking did that at 18 years old. These are fucking facts. So, like, how are you going to say a bust when you accomplish that in life? And then the stuff that we didn't see that's alleged, but, like, Michael Jordan bullied him, and Michael Jordan would, like, invite him to, like, work out, play cards, and do, like, a bunch of, like, old nigga shit. And Kwame Brown's, like, this 18-year-old kid straight out of North Carolina, South one of the Carolinas. And Michael, and this is according to a book about Michael Jordan's last season as a wizard, Michael would allegedly call Kwame, quote, a flaming faggot very frequently. The goat is ripping you straight out of high school? Fuck. And I, th and I think one thing that has changed is I think a lot more people do have, I think there's like, yeah, the, the Michael way, the Kobe way is, is the right way. I think now when you see people like a LeBron, when you see people like a Steph Curry, there is this sort of thing of like, no, nah, mental health matters and, be, and building people up matters. And it's like, it's, if not everybody, you don't get the best out of everybody by screaming at them. And, you know, Michael treating everybody like Scott Burrell. And Michael was treating, Scott Burrell was like 26, 27 years old when he was fucking giving them shit all the time. And Scott Burrell would laugh it off. Kwame Brown is fucking 18 years old. It's the difference between talking to a grown man like that that's just going to laugh at it. And then, like, a fucking 18-year-old is going to feel some way. And also, the, him allegedly calling him a flaming faggot is, there's the thing, like, you know, that you do see with, with, with brothers that did not grow up with men in the household, where they do have some kind of effeminate mannerisms, because they did grow up around, like, women, it was mostly they aunts, it was mostly they grandma, it was mostly whatever. So when you do see somebody like him or Chris Bosch or whatever, or a Kanye, like Kanye actually said that in an interview, like people would think he's gay because he had a lot of certain types of mannerisms and he grew up with women. Like that's, that's a real thing. I even think like that was, I even think that's kind of like the case. Like when you watch like early footage of Tupac, he kind of had like, not like, you know, by the time he's got like 50 niggas tattooed, but like that thing of him in high school. It's like, yeah, he kind of, you know, he had like a little effeminate, you know, hand gestures and shit. So anyway, so Michael's doing all that shit. That's got, and I think a lot of people put that in context. Like, yeah, Michael Jordan's a piece of shit. And you got him ripping, you got old ass Michael ripping you. Another thing is like with Michael Jordan, I think like how many guys out of high school could really play with Michael Jordan and would not be broken down? And it's not that, like, the only ones that come to mind are obviously Kobe Bryant, but Kobe was, like, trying to be Michael, Kevin Garnett, and probably LaMelo Ball because of who his daddy is. And he just, and LaMelo Ball just kind of seems like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> it's, it's trash ass post-game interviews he does. Like, he just doesn't seem like he gives a damn. He's like, man, I'm a fucking a hoop and fuck of... Uh, Tying a Trump and saw the trampoline. Like, nigga, don't care. Um, but that's the case for Kwame Brown not being a bus. 
at least he made it. Did you ever buy your mama a house? Did you ever make $60 million doing something you loved? And I'm on the fence with that as a concept. Because, yeah, that's amazing. Amazing accomplishments on paper, off paper is great. And one thing that is true is we do lose humanity when we talk about pro athletes because we do look at them as like these fucking gladiators. So somebody will say some shit like oh, Kimba Walker is trash. And it's like Kimba Walker, you know, he's not he's not Kyrie Irving. He's not Russell Westbrook, but he, I wouldn't say he's trash. That's another thing. People use the word trash toxic sociopath people overuse those words too fucking much but people be like oh kimba walker's not that good and it's like well he's a perennial all-star caliber you know what i mean so we do lose like sight when we talk about pro athletes often and i do think like the reason we like sports is for two reasons i think the main reason is it's like some roman gladiator shit where it's like my guy that represents my village and my colors against yours. And we will cheer to see who will be victorious. I do think sports appeals to the tribal nature of humans. The other thing is, though, where it ties into to Kwame and, and what I just said about Kimba, is it's fun to make hypothetical cases and arguments for these guys we watch. And talking shit about bad players is kind of like a stress ball for people. And, like, you can call people losers for doing it. But, like, making fun of, like, a Kwame Brown or before, like, LeBron had a ring and people... By the way, I, I hated, though, not even because I liked LeBron. I just fucking hate bad jokes. There's so many fucking, like, dad jokes about LeBron not having rings that niggas would, like, be going crazy. Like, ah, he doesn't have a ring. It's like, nigga, the joke's not even funny. But it'd be like, but shit like that. But I'm like, is, and I think that's kind of like a stress ball for people, which LeBron did say is like, at the end of the day, people got to go back to their lives. Like he didn't say you got to go back to your shitty job that you hate and your fucking family you don't like and fucking a girl you don't think is hot enough. He didn't say that. But if you read through the subtext, that's kind of what LeBron said when he was asked that question, uh, when people were so happy to see you lose. But excuse me but i do think how is this any different because certain groups of friends especially guys will have that one friend that's kind of like the stress ball of the group that we all take shit out on you know that we all take shit out on and i think pro athletes can also act as that i also think there's this thing where it's like kobe will like reflect on like you know a season and he'll make like a smush parker joke so if we make a Smush Parker joke, too, it's like Kobe's our friend. It's like we're having a drink with Kobe at the bar. Like, oh, you know, Smush Parker is yes. inside baseball from Kobe Bryant. Like, it, I think there there is this thing where people feel more connected. But as far as the case of him being a bust as a number one pick is he was always injured. He played. This is from my little basketball reference research. He played more than half of an 82 game season six out of his 12 seasons because he played for 12 seasons he was rarely he was rarely available he didn't play past 30 years old and me personally as a laker fan you do associate him with a very dark era do do i think he's a bust though for being the number one pick yes 
I do think there should be an asterisk next to it because of like what he had to deal with with Michael and coming out of high school and all that shit. And also guys like Kwame Brown were the reason that David Stern was like, no, you niggas got to go to college or you need to go to Europe or something because we cannot have more of you niggas rushing into the league, trying to get your mama a house and underperforming and being overhyped. Like, no, we're not doing that shit. And I mean, that's, I'm pretty sure that's going to change in like two, three years. But I do think number one picks, and I mean, and ultimately, because it's all like projection, you just kind of like, man, maybe this guy will do this. It's like, you know, (laughs) it's like Bitcoin with more proof. (laughs) Um, I think number one picks in the NBA, in order for them not to be a bust, I don't think they need to be all-time greats. Like, they don't need to be Shaq. They don't need to be Allen Iverson. But they need they need at least one all-star appearance and one all-NBA team appearance under their belt. Or else they underperformed for the number that their pick is and for the, com- the company that they're in. And like, I don't, like I said, like, I don't, you don't need to be Shaq. You don't need to be Allen Iverson. But be, be Andrew Bogut. Andrew Bogut won a championship as a role player. He was third team All NBA, uh, second All Defensive Team. Like, be Elton Brand. Elton Brand is like what two two All Star appearances. <clears throat> I think one is a sub, but two All Star appearances, and he's got like one third All NBA team. Like, you know, that 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 that's my bar for now. So it's, it's like, yeah, he's a number one pick. He thought he'd do it, but then it's also like. Then, you know, Kwame was like, yeah, they were going to trade me for Elton Brand. And that didn't work. And it's kind of like, yeah, Michael Jordan's a fucking bad GM. And then that's like the the other conversation people have. But so that's why I stayed on him being a buster, not as an athlete. But as a bust, as a man, no, he's fucking, fucking incredible. And let me just say that. Let me just say that. Say this. Is whether it's a Kwame Brown, whether it's a Ja Rule, a Chingy, all these people that kind of like are punchlines in the bigger picture. Like if you go on like a retired basketball players, Instagram or a uh, uh, quote washed up rappers, Instagram, those niggas are living great. <laughs> like you see like amazing bottles of alcohol, like wine, liquor. They, they post a lot of food and alcohol and then, like, I, I was on Memphis Bleak's Instagram one day. I'm like, damn, this nigga is killing it in Las Vegas real estate. <laughs> He's just like, man, this nigga just be barbecuing and fucking flipping houses with his wife. <laughs> Mixing douce with fruit punch. Like, this, is, this is like coon heaven right here. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, though, and then they post their throwback shit, and they're like, yeah, this is me when we performed in China. Da-da-da, this is us when we played a game in uh fucking Tokyo. Yeah, this is me Hawaii when we did preseason there. Yeah, this is the preseason back to when we performed in Brazil for 20,000 people. So these people that you like, oh, watch like they live great lives. And I don't want to you know, and it's like there's this stressful aspect and you do compare greats to other greats. And you know, you want to make your little punchlines or whatever, but at the same time it's like these niggas have lived great lives. But just basketball speaking, <clears throat> yeah, number one, like number one pick, you know, you, you got to do more. But the other thought I had about this is should we criticize pro athletes like we do? 
And then the, the bigger thing, obviously, being like uh, prof- entertainers and like other art forms. Um, here's my thing about that. They are signing away their rights to certain things, along with the opportunity to be like an all-time great that we that we remember f- forever, and uh, fucking hot girls, and having homes in L.A. and South Beach and Atlanta and whatever town they grew up in, and they can use the money to take care of their people. They can invest in real estate. They can invest in their community. That comes with haters and critiques and shit like that, and people talking shit about you every blue moon. That does come with it. With that said, I do think it gets ridiculous when players want to have their cake and eat it. There is a business around our interest and in what you did, didn't do, and might do. And I have no problem. I have no problem with an active player clapping back at a Stephen A. or a Skip, or when Shannon Sharp posted that fake quote from Kevin Durant and KD called him drunk Uncle Shannon or whatever, and then Shannon Sharp blocked him. Like that, that's good stuff. That's that's entertaining. But then somebody like a Kevin Durant will be like, man, fuck the media. And it's like, well, dude, you're running a media company and there is interest in you because of the media, you know? I mean, obviously, because he's great at black basketball, but, you know. The other flip side is you can play basketball in Italy where nobody's like really going to talk shit or tweet fucked up things at you. But then you're making pro Italy ball money. Or you can get these ignorant tweets in the back, you know? I think, though, like, the thing that's not talked about enough is, like, these motherfuckers are still human. And especially, like, this newer generation, like, they've shown us you can't just say anything to them. Which I'm very proud of my generation when I see brothers like Russell Westbrook, (laughs) you know, just be like, tell your wife to shut the fuck up. I don't care. Shut the fuck up. Or you'll see somebody like Lil Isaiah Thomas go up in the stands. Like, I fucking love that. But to bring it back to Kwame Brown, I do think the man's name deserves some peace. At a, Not even just Kwame Brown. I think at a certain point, <coughs> a motherfucker's name kind of deserves some peace. And this kind of goes back to what I was saying when I pulled up the Nipsey clip on the old rappers episode, if you haven't listened to it, check it out. But where it's like, you know, you've kind of moved on with your life, you know, and it's like a guy like Kwame Brown, he played the game, the injuries happen, the seasons are done. And I can't predict how he feels about like his legacy in basketball, but it does have to kind of suck having played with all time greats. And the perception is you held Kobe back from going deeper into the playoffs and you held Michael Jordan, old-ass Michael Jordan, for going to the playoffs, and it's nothing you can do about it. Ja Rule still has an opportunity to make another hit. You know, like Ja Rule can still, I mean, I don't know if it happened, but with the right rollout, Ja could turn it back around, you know. Ben Affleck was a punchline for a long fucking time, like Gigli and J-Lo dumped him and all that shit, and he got to redeem himself through directing. If you're a pro athlete, to the outside world, you are whatever you wore for the small window of time that you were playing. Good, bad, okay. Like, no, that is what you are. And they will let you know about that when given the opportunity and from a safe distance. And that's got to be really fucking annoying. 
And I and I get it. Like somebody could go win, but he made all that money. Like I said earlier, he made all that money. He made all that money. But it's like, well, what's that money really worth if somebody from a distance can like just shit on you or say some wild shit? Like, is that really worth? And I'm sure a lot of niggas would go, yeah, that's worth, you know, fucking. <laughs> that's worth like. I mean, let's even say like it's like twelve million dollars. Like you got to stretch out for the rest of your life, and you're like, you know, thirty-seven years old. That's worth it. <laughs> and you, you know, that's it's like you played in the NBA for like you know, eight, fifteen, four, however many years. Like you, you still got some opportunities to do some stuff. And I do think like let's say you are like a Smush Parker, you are Kwame Brown, you are a. Uh, a, a Greg Odin, <laughs> you know, you are a Sam Bowie. Basketball is over. You're not thinking about it. You're in the real estate. You're in your church. You want to golf. You want to like your boat. You just want to smoke cigars, drink and eat whatever you want because you don't have to worry about getting ready for the off season. And like kind of like the most you think about your playing days is when you hold court at like a cigar lounge and a bunch of guys are like, so what was T-Mac like? <laughs> and like, they try to use like the terms with you and shit. Like, hey, do you remember that defensive assignment? <laughs> and you just like want to live, live the life that, you know, you worked hard for. And then every once in a while, you got motherfuckers that are willing. Like Kwame Brown said, motherfuckers will not say this to my face. So you can't even turn up the way you want. <laughs> All you can do is talk into a camera. That's got to be a pain in the ass. So, you know, those are the questions I ask. Like, at a certain point, does does the pro athlete that was a bust or had a moment, do, do they deserve a time? Like, is there a point where we'd be like, nah, nah, all right, come on, leave that nigga alone. We don't need to keep bringing that name up. Because what Kwame Brown said was, was true. It's like, motherfuckers are talking about some basketball that I played 20 years ago. You talking about some shit from 20 years ago? And I'm like, yeah, I, I fucking agree, man. So I don't know. I ultimately feel like motherfuckers can say whatever they want. I, I mean, obvi obviously we can. But I mean, it like, does it reach a certain point where it's like, let's fucking move on. Let's fucking move on. But, I mean, I do, you know, that's where I stand on it. But the other thing is where, where it's like the other argument is, uh, and these are just arguments. I don't have the answers. But the other argument is that <clears throat> is it's like, okay, you talk as shit about, like, you know, a millionaire and somebody playing a game. What, what the fuck is your life like? <laughs> but, I mean, it's like. If that's the case, it's like, because I'm like, I do think about the rabbit hole that that is. It, like, I don't disagree with that concept, but I'm like, okay, so can we not criticize movies? Can we not, <laughs> then can we not praise players and, and have like our little bullshit fantasy? Can we not be like, so who's your all NBA team for this year? Like, can we not do that either? I mean, it's like, like well, <laughs> I don't know, man. It, it's just funny, like all the different rules people have for things. Let's start with J. Cole's day job, the new album. <laughs> we'll get into the Basketball Africa League later. But J. Cole's new album, it was fine. 
It was fine. It's what I thought I was getting. Production was better than on his last two albums. I thought he selected the features well. He he really sound like he put thought into the bars and the flows on it. If we doing the source mic rating system, by the way, I love the source mic rating system. I think it's perfect. One through five mics. I think his album was three and a half out of five mics. It was it wasn't a classic. Definitely not a classic. It definitely isn't a masterpiece. It was fine. By the way, the thing I hate with social media is is how fashionable it is to shit on things. That Cole album is great for a nap. It's, it's back to like being like, uh, Kimba Walker's trash. Like, Kimba ain't trash. Like, it's like, yeah, Cole's album wasn't trash. It's just like, it was, uh, it was whatever. Here's my thing with the Cole album. Well, you know what? Let me, let me start off with, like, here's how I judge an album. One, how many songs on here would I play before or during a workout? How many songs would I play while just chilling in the crib? How many would I play before a show? How many would I play while I'm getting work done to stay motivated? Would I play this music while pre-gaming before going out? Because my thing is I need to be able to take an album different places with me. I don't want to just play it in like one setting. Like I don't want to like if I j can just play uh your album during a workout, it's not a good album. If I can just play it like <clears throat> while getting ready, it's not interesting. If I can just play it while, you know, I'm like on the laptop doing my life city shit, eh, like it's, it's fine. It's fine for that, but I don't think it's a great rap album. Number two, how many of these songs do I want to see live? That's very important to me. Three, am I playing this for four months in regular rotation? And how often am I coming back to this? That's how I judge an album. So with that said, Cole, you know, like, here's my issue with this album. Well, you know, let me say what I really like. Well, no, I already said what I really like. Here's my issue with this album and Cole as an artist. I don't care about everyday life of a rapper that much. Because he talks a lot about what it's like being a rapper. He talks about what it's like being a broke, struggling rapper. He's like, oh, let me tell you about the time I got signed. And I don't really want to hear about that. I'd like I'd rather hear it on a podcast. And I've had enough of these fucking Larry David inspired shows. I'm me, but I'm not me, but it's me. Like I'm fucking tired of that shit. Like I would like that's the capacity and what I would want to hear what it's like being a rapper on an everyday scale. But I don't want to hear <sighs> I probably had this beat on my phone. It must suck cuz you were rapper still living in your mama's home like yeah, god. Like, when Cole raps about growing up, being paranoid, getting shot, that's the type of shit I fuck with. Like, what made Pac Pac is he was making music that niggas can feel. Like, Pac wasn't talking about, like, how hard it was, like, and then Digital Underground signed me. It's like, if that's what All Eyes on Me was, oh my god, like, we wouldn't still be listening to that shit to this day, you know? 
And I mean, and I think that's what separates certain guys like Hove, Biggie, Nas, Kanye, Drake, Kendrick. At their best, they are making music niggas can relate to on just a very general level. You know what I mean? I mean, because I really do feel that way about Cole. Like, how many bars are you going to give us about getting signed? Like, it's just way too much fucking inside baseball for my taste. <clears throat> like, it's the same reason why, like, <clears throat> on this podcast, I don't really like talking about comedy. Not that I'm trying to compare this podcast to J. Cole's catalog, because I do recognize, like, his catalog is way more interesting and, and entertaining and better than this podcast. So I'm not trying to do that. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I don't really like talking to you guys a lot about comedy, because it's like, it's like, who gives a fuck? I mean, I don't know. I'll do like a comedy pod here and there, but I mean, it's like, you know, bring it back to like real life, bro. Like, bring it back to the streets. Like, I'd rather hear this nigga rap about college more than the shit that he fucking raps about. Like, when I listen to, to rap music from like the 80s and the early 90s, a lot of it doesn't hold up for me. But I mean, outside of like obviously like the production being like just sounding very primitive compared to what came out just like five years later. But the other thing is, it's like, it, it's just a lot of rapping about rapping. But my main issue with Cole is he's a regular nigga. J. Cole's a regular nigga. He raps about being a rapper, basketball, his opinions on what a woman does with her body, losing his virginity, pussy, and a dash of social justice. It's regular nigga shit. It's like it's like disguised as like being like fucking deep. And it's like he's got dope punchlines and flows and he, he has some good beats here and there. But it's regular nigga shit. You're a regular nigga and you're trying to make regular nigga shit deep. Niggas thinking I'm deep, intelligent, fooled by my college degree. My IQ is average. No, I believe it. I'm not fucking fooled by your college degree. You a regular nigga. And by the way, let me say, like, J. Cole's stands are, like, regular niggas that think their life is deep and cinematic, and it's not. So, like, I realize that's his fan base. This See, this is why Drake is Drake. Drake just want to rap, play basketball, fuck models, singers, insta-thoughts, coon courtside during the finals, drink alcohol every day, work out enough to run up and down an arena stage and look good in t-shirts, and he comes by it honestly. He not trying to have his thinking nah sitting by a project window. <laughs> like he's he's not trying to be like that deep. You know, and like that's what I'm it's like it like Cole and, and uh Drake, like it is the fucking same shit. <laughs> and, and here, oh, here's the other thing that really annoys me about J. Cole. Is he loves to remind you that he didn't sell drugs, but his friends did. Nigga! Who gives a fuck? I fucking hate that, like, I'm soft, but my friends are criminals shit. Like, I cannot stand that shit. I will let that slide for two records. And it's like, I don't want to hear about what your friends did, but how you didn't participate. <laughs> that shit is the worst, dog. Like, that really, really does fucking annoy me my homie sold more coca-cola than the soda factory i was hitting the books while putting what little money i could on the homies books 
<laughs> I do not like niggas capping for street association points. Especially because, like, the corniest niggas be on some, my brother is a da-da-da-da-da. My cousin da-da-da-da-da. Like, my, man, my brother, you know, like, he be trapping. Man, my cousin, you know, he, he fucking got a gun. And from a hood perspective, I'm sitting there like, why are you telling us what your brother do? How you know I'm not the ops? How you know I'm not a snitch? How you know I ain't police? And I'm not, but you're talking that freely about somebody that's close to you being in dirt lets me know how far away you are from it. I don't like that shit in real life, so I'm not going to like that shit in my raps. And let me just say, I don't think Cole is a cornball in his everyday life. He seems like a solid man. I'm just saying it's some shit I don't like in terms of content of like the constant reminder of what the people around you are, are into, but you're not in it. I want to hear about more about what you're into. Because the truth is, we all know people from different walks of life. And I'm not saying that's all J. Cole's content is, but I'm like, all right, nigga, you just going to keep talking about the gun and not shoot it? You just going to be, be keep talking about that G-Pack and not move it? <laughs> Enough. It's, it's like if you just kept talking about pussy. It's like, yeah, her pussy was wet, but I never fucked it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But anyway, so yeah, I don't think this album is amazing. I think Cole is a generational talent with cuz the thing is like the the big 3 of this era is Cole, Kendrick, Drake, which is like the the one of the 90s where it's like Big, Nas, Jay-Z, and that's like that's their big 3. So I expect more of Cole for being like where he's at. But I don't hate this body of work because I realize he makes music for regular people that think they're deep. And that's not a diss. It's facts. And J. Cole is the best at that. I want to coon about that for a second. So I don't know where to begin. I kind of want to like just... So, like, a lot of people have been getting jokes off because he's been posting these horrible stat lines. And I'm because that is, like, the natural thing to do. It's like you just want to hate on the shit. Like, ah, three points, threes, whatever. But then there's this other thing when you see J. Cole play basketball. And I think people felt this when Master P was playing those preseason games uh, for the Raptors where it's like, yeah, you know, they suck compared to everybody else out there. But they kind of make you feel like a father. Like, you're like, oh, J. Cole got a block. Ooh, J. Cole got a putback. Ooh, Master P got three wide-open threes in the preseason where niggas is only, like, halfway playing defense. <laughs> like, in that game, too, it was, like, against the Grizzlies. <clears throat> so there's that thing where, like, it's, like, easy to kind of, like, belittle their, like, weak-ass stats. But at the same time, it's like, man, this is kind of fucking cool this is kind of fucking cool to say see and like and i gotta tell you it's cooler to see a master p or a j cole play legitimate professional basketball than it is to see dame lillard rap that's just the truth 
And I mean, and I know some people are like, well, no, like, because I mean, the truth is, like, a lot of people are going to say that Dame Lillard raps better than J. Cole and Master P play basketball. And I'm not necessarily going to disagree with that. Well, actually, you know what? Like, no, yeah, I'm not going to disagree. Even though, like, like Dame can, like, rap his ass off, but I don't think – like, he's, like, a rapper that's, like, okay, yeah, you can spit, but, like, can you act, Can you make an actual song we fuck with, which he has yet to do. But there's still time. I do think he could, if given enough time, like, he could turn into, like – like, if he had, like, a season-ending injury, I'm like, you know what? He could actually, like, write a, write a hook that we fuck with. But until then, it's just versus. Um, no, man, but I mean, there is like this aspect that is kind of cool to see. And then you also just see like compared to the other guys out there. You know, it also kind of puts your shit in perspective. I mean, I've been knowing that like my like me play. I would I'm not even going to talk about me playing basketball. I'm I'm going to just stick with my my uh, my cardio and my weightlifting. But it's like it does put like things into perspective because it's like like I remember the clips of Master P on the court and you see him and you're like, wow, Master P's kind of slow. But it's not he's slow because he's Master P and he was like drinking lean and he's a fucking rapper and doing pills. Like I'm sure he was like conditioning in himself, but he just wasn't playing competitive basketball. So there's a certain benchmark for like how fast somebody is and for like a six four point guard in the NBA, it's like, okay, you kind of see it. And then, like, you see it with Cole. Like, man, he does not have – for J. Cole's, like, six foot two. For, like, being a guy – like, in in the Celebrity All-Star game, expect because he was, like, probably, like, 28 or something like that when he's in the Celebrity All-Star game. He's catching a lob from Kevin Hart. And then it's like, oh, wow, J. Cole's really a hooper because you're putting him out there with, like, fucking Ashton Kutcher. But then when you put them out with real ball players, it's like you see like, oh man, Cole doesn't really have a good shot. P's kind of slow. So that is like that's just like the thing from like the eye test that I see. But it also puts it in perspective because it's like, okay, well, even if they got like if P got a 10-day contract because it was like uh, a near publicity sort of thing, or even if Cole's in because it's like, okay, yeah, we can get some attention for the league and like just let this mother play. <laughs> let this motherfucker play six games, you know, for, let him play during garbage time. Even if that's the case, they still had to, like, condition themselves and stay working out and stay in the gym. It's not like fucking, like, you know, future Hendrix awaking from a an opioid slumber and throwing on a jersey. Like, <laughs> like these niggas actually had to, like, work at it. So, that, so I do respect that. Like, I respect the dedication of it. The other thought I had with Cole playing pro ball is, you know fucking Drake wishes that was him. And I've seen, like, Drake play basketball. He looks like... Uh, I'm, I, yeah, he don't look like he's all that. And you... But you know... Because they, they, those are, like, the two, like, damn, I wish I made it to the NBA niggas and rap. And not, like, just in a, like, they really wish they could play pro ball. That's why, like, fucking Drake likes, like, being in the locker room and walking through the tunnel. Like, you know he fucking loves that shit. (laughs) DeMarcus Cousins with his arm all around him. But that's the cool thing. Yo, one thing I found really funny, I uh, I got a homie that plays pro ball 
uh, overseas, like different countries. And I think like right now he's in like Argentina or something like that. But he posted J. Cole's stat line and he wrote over it, stick to rapping, bruh. And then it made me think about the other perspective of guys that are playing basketball overseas in different countries. Because for them, it's like, because for some of them, it's they're like, man, you ain't really getting paid up, all that. But some of these guys are like really getting some money and saving up. And it's, you know, that's like the, that's almost like working on like an oil rig. Like, all right, I go to this town and I fucking do this and I'm away for seven months and then I fucking come back and I save up the bread. But the thing of like a guy like Cole is taking a slot from a, a guy that's like actually working hard to make it. And he is, and it's, he's on to, so the NBA Africa league gets some, gets some eyes on it. There's this really good. Uh, I mean, if you just want to nerd out about like certain, aspects of the culture this is like really fucking funny uh, not funny but this uh interesting uh you know let me not this in-depth piece on masterpiece basketball career and they interview a bunch of the toronto raptors and the charlotte hornets and the the three takeaways that i got from it and this and we're gonna bring this back to cole the the three takeaways i i don't have it in front of me but it's one was a bunch of the guys said he was like kind of like guys on the Raptors was saying he was like a prima donna. And they're like, well, you got to figure like he's got more money than half the guys on the team by this time. Cause it was like 1999 and the lockout season and P was worth something like 200, 300 million dollars, some shit like that. So he probably did have a like, who the fuck are you niggas type attitude? Cause he's got money and he's like, He got Snoop Dogg away from Suge Knight. Like, he's, you know, it's the height of no limit. The other thing is when the guy said that P would not shower with the rest of the team. And it's like, you got to think about how hip-hop was at the time. And it's like, oh, Master P was in a room full of a bunch of niggas showing their dick. It's like, (laughs) it's like, hell no. Like, fuck basketball, nigga. (laughs) But I'm going to play it. So, that, that was another thing I got. And the other thing was it was this was from like a GM or something like that. And they said it was was Master P making the team a publicity stunt. And he said, how can I put it? It was just short of it because he was just legitimately sound as a basketball player enough where we could justify giving him a contract and putting him on the team. But it was just very short of it being that. He said it, it, you find it on the internet, but that was what he said. And then it makes me think about, but like P at the time was probably like, uh, like 28, 29, 30 years old, something like that. Late 20s, early 30s, whereas J. Cole is like 36 going on 37 and he's playing, you know, and I mean, if you watch the NBA, you know how fucking 36-year-old, six-foot-two point guards look. There's a reason why Chris Paul is point guard status. Like a lot of guys that are like under under like six five don't age very well in uh in the league. 
So I do wonder about that because, like, for a lot of guys, it probably is. And it complex did like an interview with this one dude, and it was like, it like they're like, Jake Cole was your defensive assignment. And like, Jake, they can play like five minutes. What are you fucking? Anyways, they were like asking him like, so uh, about his game, and then he was like, you know what? I don't even want to get into all that. I just think it's great. He's rapping for North Carolina. I'm a Jake Cole fan. <laughs> And the other thing I noticed with like Cole, and I'm not cracking jokes at Cole. I'm I'm like laughing at the fact that the guy was just like, man, I'm not gonna say shit about his game. That's what I'm laughing at. Because J. Cole said that if I make jokes about a millionaire, the joke is on me. And if you're broke, don't do that. So I'm not gonna do that. I listened to the album. Um that was funny to me. And the other thing that I find like really, really funny, and again, not laughing at Cole, laughing in at other people is no NBA player has said shit about like, I haven't seen one like I've not seen one repost. Yeah. Follow your dreams, nigga. I, and LeBron is like King of like, yeah, let me big this person up. Cause like, you could tell he just wants to have his connect strong for like when he puts out a movie or something in like 2032. LeBron did not share the new Cole album, he was not in the car fucking up the lyrics to it. I I got it. Like, I wonder what the perception around the league is. Oh, I know Kevin Durant did a pod with, with uh, J. Cole recently to promote his new album. I, that's one thing I wonder about is, like, the perception of, like, Cole playing ball like this. Because I kind of feel like a lot of niggas are, look, like, in the NBA and shit like that are looking at Cole the way we started looking at like NBA players that wrapped after a certain point. Well, you know, Shaq was able to get a lot of good features though, because I think like, cause Shaq would like had all that NBA money. So like fucking like, if you wanted like method man or like Biggie or Snoop on a song, cause this features list, like it, it looked like fucking like nineties black soundtracks. Like the, the names that was on it. And I think it's like, like, hey, Method Man, I want you to do a song. And Method Man is like, like, uh, yeah, it's gonna be uh 75k for our future. All right, I got you. Cause it's like he, he's fucking getting Reebok money and Pepsi money or whatever the fuck he was endorsing in the nineties. Ah, good green tea. But yeah, Cole playing ball, man. It's 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 really really fucking. You know, like, I really do just kind of want him to have, like, an Andre Ingram-type game where it's like, oh, shit, like, Cole got <laughs> Cole got 20 points off five threes. And, like, it would be that. Like, I don't see him, like, he's he's still, like, 36 years old. I don't see him getting 20 points off driving to the hole that much. But I think all his, like, inside, like, inside the paint points would probably be off, like, fast breaks. Or like the defense being confused and, and one of and somebody finding him. But I do want to see that. I do want to see like, oh, Cole really, really, really just had one game where he looked like a legitimate ball player. So we don't have to do this thing where it's like, <laughs> like Cole gets like a block shot <laughs> while still having like, you know, posting no points. And that like two mysteries wide open and like a, a turnover where it's like, look at that block, look at that steal. Cause I'm telling you, it's like he's he's 
for us that want to see Cole succeed doing this, like we really are like the father that just is like so hyped about our kid playing ball. It's man, like, cause I do want to see a rapper like really make it. But you know, we gotta I gotta do a pod about uh fucking entertainers that have tried their hand at pro sports. Cause I know it's like Master P, R. Kelly, Marvin Gaye. Marvin Gaye, Marvin Gaye might I mean there's probably like some like old nigga like in the in the talkies that tried out for like major league baseball. But I know Marvin Marvin Gaye tried out for uh the Detroit Lions. There's got to be, there's probably some, like, I wonder if there's, like, a bleacher report on, like, a, a oral history of Marvin Gaye's football. <laughs> this shit niggas write about and talk about, boy, I tell you. <clears throat> no, but, I mean, like, one thing I really would want to see is I do want to see somebody that is known for being, like, really good at something professionally, like, in, in entertainment, in the arts, and see them like make an NBA team or, or even like NFL. I'm just not like a football guy, but I would like that'd be like really entertaining to see. The thing though is that I think so many people lose, and this is why I think like a lot of basketball players haven't been saying shit about uh Cole in the Africa League is because of how fucking hard it is just to make it. Shout out Kwame Brown. <laughs> But, like, really how hard it is to make. Because if you think about, like, how hard it is to just, like, be a decent rapper. Like, it's a lot of, like, staying in the pocket on beat, rhymes and all that shit. When you think about how hard it is to be. uh, When I think about how hard it was for me to just be an exceptional comedian, that was me having to be, like, out, you know, five nights a week. Out until, you know, on the early side, probably 10 p.m. But pretty much being out every night, like running sets, working on material, being in front of different crowds, being in cars, going these different places. And you think about like how often you got to be in the gym with a trainer. Excuse me, working on different aspects of your game. And how hard it is to like be the level that Cole is as a rapper, despite all my critiques about his album. Really great fucking rapper, really talented artist and then to just be like decent at basketball you know what it is like like what would it take for somebody like uh i mean j cole's too old old at this point so the most we can hope for from him is the andre ingram type game but i think like how hard it is to like do that and then come to the other side I even think about that for myself. Like if I'm like, not obviously not with the uh, professional sports, but let's say Lyle Barron's just one. I'm really good at talking shit and giving my opinion and unpacking things. And I'm a respectable podcaster. I'm a great comedian. I think like, what if I just wanted to be like an okay dramatic actor? My stand-up comedy would suffer because of it. Like I definitely wouldn't be doing this fucking podcast. 
you know, because I'd be like, all right, let me get into characters' heads instead of, you know, my own head and what I'm thinking. So, anyways, that's some shit I like to see. I do, I do hope Cole gets his moment. I do feel, I just like feel like the side eye of professional basketball players with this venture. But you know, fuck it, it's fun. Like this is, this, this, like you know, like I think that's some kind of cool shit though. I think it's some kind of cool shit when it's like you are, because here's what I respect about Cole doing this. Because the easy thing is like to be on like, oh man, that's corny, nigga. You 36 years, you damn near 40 years old, and we just watching you post these trash ass stats and hustle up and down the floor during garbage time. Uh, stick to rapping, nigga. Like, that's the fucking easy thing to do. What I respect about it is it's like you know you doing this is I don't want to use the term polarizing. But you know what's going to rub some people the wrong way. You know, some of your teammates, some of the guys you're playing against aren't going to respect you. Some of them may even, like, say some slick shit. Um, you know that there are going to be plenty of jokes about your stat lines. You know, like, and like Cole could, Cole could, like, put out a bad album or, or whatever and be like, somebody could be like, man, I haven't seen J. Cole take an L since. And then there's a meme of, him at the free throw line with his uh, stat line across the screen. And you're risking all that and people crack making all their jokes and saying all that shit just because you want to play the game, just because you love the game and you really want to do that at this stage in life. And I do respect the kind of like, fuck it, I just want to do what I want to do. J. Cole's kind of putting himself, I mean, I don't want to say he's putting himself in a Kwame Brown situation, but it's like you were volunteering, because you could do like Drake and just like play basketball in your home, and Drake never showed him playing no type of real basketball. Drake would be like, here's me shooting a three with nobody guarding me. Like, <laughs> And J. Cole's actually like, you know, really hooping, man, so I'm... I respect anybody that puts themselves in a position where it's going to be scrutiny. They could be clowned. It could come back on them years later. And like, cause I mean, you know, like it's, it's one thing to fucking some shit happens in the celebrity game. But like, imagine like a, imagine like J Cole getting like Dwight Howard. Remember when like Kobe uh, dunked over Dwight Howard and had like his nuts all up on, uh, Dwight Howard's face. That could happen to Cole. Shit is still, I mean, he he got like a six-game contract. It's still time for that. But anyways, you know, respect to Cole for that. That has been our show. I am your host, Lyle Barons. I greatly appreciate you for tuning in. Yo, the one thing I didn't say, and I'm going to just say it on the outro with the music. Let's vibe a little bit. The other thing is, all right, the nigga Kwame Brown feels your reactions. He feel, oh, yeah, I love it. Yeah, talk your shit. Talk your shit. Here's what I'm going to say. When this nigga says something out the pocket that's real wild that y'all don't fuck with, just know you drove him to this because... He, he's probably feeling more adulation than he ever did during his playing career easily. So don't be surprised if he slips up and says some shit you don't like down the line. 
You guys built this monster. You know what? Fuck it. Let's let's. <laughs> I want to turn on the Dark Knight now. Let's do a whole episode where we unpack the Dark Knight. Hey, thanks for listening. Enjoy your weekend.